Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the WBRX Wake Up Call. It's always a great opportunity for us to get together and and uh, just kind of huddle up this morning, uh, you know, with the leaders that we have within the company and people that are plugged in. I, we all we uh, appreciate and we recognize that there's a lot of things you guys could be doing on your Monday morning at 8:30, but um, you've you know you've personally chosen to be on these calls and. You know, we uh, we appreciate that. <clears throat> we look to try to you know provide as much you know good value added information based on years of experience of you know what what is most pertinent for everybody as they're building this building their business within WBX right now. And you know, as we kind of uh, cross that midway point of October, and you know, all of us uh, that have been on the call, or many of us have been on the call, kind of went into this month you know, with some expectations of what they could accomplish over the course of the month. And it's always important, I think, uh, you know, when you're, when you're building a business of any kind to do some, you know, to some, have some checkpoints, some barometers uh, for yourself personally, I think, in, in terms of what you're doing with your days and your weeks and, uh, and, and see how that collaborates with the expectations of results, you know, and it, it's something that we all, all of us, Everybody on the phone, myself, Sean, all of us should be doing to determine, you know, if, if what we're doing on a daily basis is providing us with outcomes. And many of you entered into the month, and, and we had some specific goals set. Uh, and, and, you know, what this, what this exercise really does is it allows us to get an idea of what, it, what led us to determine the outcomes that we, that we projected with the, outcome, with the actual result. <clears throat> and so, you know, some of us, you know, um, have have put together a forecast, and it, and it was based on, to some extent, on, um, you know, maybe what we were gonna be doing in the course of the month, and some of it was based on, at least a hopefully a good percentage of it was based on activity that we had created, or at least initiated in September, that we were gonna be working with and parlaying into October, in addition to. Um, new new people and new prospects that we're going to be talking with. And, and this is all, by the way, with respect to the network development component of the business, which is really currently, uh, well, it's WBRX, it's, it's our focus, right? Because we've gone out as we've launched the company and we've aggregated a good group of consumers, um, you know, but now as we start, you know, moving forward, moving the company forward, we're focused in on the leadership the people that we can pour resources, time, and energy into to help them accomplish goals that they would like to have within the, within the business. And that's a phase and that's a timing in the growth of, of any company like ours in this industry that really does provide a unique opportunity for people that are really, uh, that see it themselves. They see the company in, in terms of its dynamic and the, and the phase of growth where we are. And, and how they can be not just a part of that upward growth trend, but maybe even assert themselves and, and become not just a part of it, but a big reason why the company continues to accelerate and grow and, and be positioned from a timing perspective to take advantage of those, of those opportunities, of new markets that will be initiated and grown in 2022, of new opportunities to expand and grow their business in these new markets. Uh, and, and when, you know, we, we talk about that and we share that language, some, you know, I've had people that have come back to me and say, Barry, what does it mean? What does a new market mean? A new market means anybody that, 
that would initiate, um, let's say, for example, you have someone that you know in San Antonio or, you know, and I'm, I'm being relevant because we do have consumers in, in San Antonio, but I'm talking about new, n- new brand partner leadership growth or Austin or let's say somewhere in Arizona, okay, or let's say somewhere maybe in, um, you know, it, it could be out in Florida, could be out in, you know, it could be up, you know, up in uh, Illinois, it could be Montana, it, it could be, you know, somewhere in California. Every time that you have a new person, maybe that you personally have had a relationship with or know, that you bring them to, uh, you know, point of trying our product, listening to a Zoom call, and they say, hey, I'd like to go ahead and get started and get involved in the business, that is a new market opportunity. And in, in my experience, the best way to expand and grow and have new market opportunities is to start talking to people in new markets and start sharing you know, what we're doing as a company and where they could sit in terms of launching a new market. Now, I would tell you just, you know, that some of this is marketing and some of this is language, and we understand that, but we also know that, you know, right here as we sit in Houston, Texas, you know, we've got a relatively new market, right? But the company, let's start with us, and I think it's always important when you're having conversation with anyone, start with yourself. And, and, and when we look at this, we also know when we started, there was no one, right? I mean, we had nobody uh, involved as a brand partner, we had no customers. We, all we had was really uh, vision and belief, and, and we went out and, and we had to overcome some strong, you know, obstacles in the marketplace because of the environment and COVID and all the things that came with it. But we just kept going and just kept going. And in the process of, of in that keeping going process, we started to, uh, you know, evolve and to have new people that get got involved in the business, and and, and it propagated new growth. It propagated new opportunities. And, and so every, every line of business that the company has active new growth has happened because of that mentality. And every new person that has gotten involved in the business, our objective is to get with those people uh, to build a strong, valuable relationship where we can start executing strategies and tactics, not assuming that, that you know what those are, but the more time we spend in conversation and talking with you, the more that opportunity is. You know, my, my wife sometimes, she is, you know, she's come to me and she said, man, you, you spend a lot of time with these people on the phone. And, and, and I said, well, that's because that's what's required right now in the business is that, I, is that I get with them and I talk with them and understand what they're looking to accomplish. I, I'm not assuming I know what they're trying to accomplish because I, that's a, a pure assumption. And it, and it does require a commitment of time and energy. And, and that's what you guys should know, is that when you bring people along, and it could be people that you've personally sponsored, or it could be people who have evolved within the organization. I was having a great conversation yesterday with Patty. You know, Patty has been out there working hard, and she's got a lot of different things going on and, and new opportunities and new growth. And we were just talking about the nuances of the stuff that she has going on and, and some of the positives, some of the not so, you know, not so positives. But here's the thing about, 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 that, about that exercise is that if I'm doing that with Patty, Patty then will take on the responsibility in most cases just through osmosis and naturally learning 
to do that with other people. Patty recognizes that I, you know, we as a company didn't sponsor her. That was Olga that sponsored her. And then there was someone else who sponsored Olga. And then someone else who sponsored Joseph, all right? And it just continues to go on genealogically up on. Now, the reason I'm going to take time on my, on my Sunday or Saturday or whomever, whenever, to do that is, is because Patty reached out. And, and, and when she reaches out on Sunday, I know that there's, that there's a reason for that. And there's something I can probably do to help her as much as I possibly can in that process. And that's just part of the business. And I just try to give you guys an understanding of that so that you can know as you're growing and building the leadership in your company that there are going to be some conversations that you have, and this is certainly not the case with Patty. It was very productive, but there's going to be some conversations you guys have, guys, that are going to be based upon the emotions that go on with people in this business. There's going to be some conversations that are highly productive, talking about strategies and tactics to move the needle to get people to a different place of, of evaluation and hopefully determine whether they're ready to go or not go. The most difficult thing I think that people have, have a challenge with in our business is when they're in that, you know, no man's land of not knowing whether they're going to do it or not do it. And, and I think that that's always a challenge for us emotionally. I think it's much easier if we know that they're going to go forward or they're not going to go forward. So sometimes, and this is just something we'll discuss, and by the way, we're coming up to our, you know, our first inaugural uh, meeting uh, with, with our executive board, which we're very excited about. I've been putting together and spending a lot of detailed time, you know, putting together a curriculum of, of, of uh, things that I want to talk about uh, because at the, at the end of the day, it all starts with, with what information I believe is going to be valuable. And then we interact in that meeting and we surface the things that are going to be most pertinent to helping people build and grow their business, right? So, so, in that time, I've been spending, you know, you know, discussing and looking at different things and different ways of talking to, you know, various folks that are on that executive board. What comes to light for me is just the amount of uh, energy and attention that, that everybody on that executive board will in turn most likely be spending as they're building the fabric of their organization. I've been spending a lot of time, uh, you know, as I, as I just, I'm just talking off the top of my head over the, over the course of the week. Because there's, there's energy and time that you have to pour into your people. Now, as much as that is important, most of you are in the phase where you're looking and building and focused in on new activity, new growth, new people. That's where the majority of your time should be spent. We try to help you guys build it deep while you guys go build it wide. What does that mean? Well, if, if, we're, if we're positioned where you guys can – I'll just take Joseph Trahan, for example. Joseph had two really good guests there. One was Dr. Jimmy Trahan, who's a, a clinical psychologist out in Louisiana. Uh, another gentleman, uh, you know, was gentleman Joe, who – I mean, Michael, who is, uh, we're meeting with today. Very, very interested, got up and gave a great testimonial. So as Joseph initiates the activity, brings them to listen to the opportunity – there at Perry's. Now, what I'm doing is I'm spending time making sure that I get with every one of those people on a detailed Google Sheets list so that I follow up and I talk with them at least three times over the course of the week to manage a set meeting for the following week. Now, does that mean I'm always going to have a set meeting for the following week? No, it doesn't. What it does mean is that I've taken the time and energy 
to make sure that I have at least three touches to ensure that I've offered, I've offered the best opportunity possible for me to meet with those folks. Now, if, they, if they're in Louisiana, it's going to be a Zoom call. So I had a chance to, to connect with, with Jimmy, uh, you know, Dr. Jimmy Trahan on, on Sunday, uh, just yesterday. Had a great conversation with him. I'm sorry, Saturday. It was Saturday uh, uh, late afternoon. Great conversation with him about where he is, what he's looking to accomplish as he, uh, you know, aggregates more of, of his patient base and moves them into this uh, CBD space, sees a great fit. So that's just one opportunity. Then, then you've got uh, the other gentleman who we're meeting with today. Michael was there at the meeting and, and offered a great testimony, has uh, an ex-vet, has had a lot of pain. So our chit-chat that we have at the meeting is phenomenal. It's always great. I'm, I'm excited. But it's really what we're doing in the follow-up. It's the time and the attention. So, so if, if I go and I do a meeting and I have my organization there and I'm not following up, what exactly am I doing? I mean, what, what am I doing to generate revenue if I'm not following up? If I'm not following up and I'm not bringing new people into the fold, I'm just doing a lot of nothing is what I'm doing. And, and, and I'm trying to get paid to do a lot of nothing, which is fine, but that's just the truth. So at the end of the day, you know, you only have the opportunity that you have with the people that are in your business or new people who you would go out and you would approach. Now, no one knows what they're doing with their time except for them and God, in my personal opinion, it, particularly if a person has a certain level of privacy to what they do in life, and there's nothing wrong with that. I, I applaud it. But let's just be honest with ourselves, and when we set our goals, like I talked about at the beginning of the, of the month, if you've set goals, if you have goals, which is in, kind of important, but if you set those goals and you have those goals, then you, you kind of have to be in a position, in my personal opinion, where those goals are kind of important to you in, in that you're actually maybe – reading them, at least reading them every day, or hopefully writing them down and reading them. And as you write them down and read them back to yourself on a daily basis, they should speak to you, and you should start looking and coming up with tactics and ways to accomplish those goals. Now, everybody has a different process, and I can only share mine with you for what it's worth. But when I look at a goal, let's say, for example, my goal uh, is to have accomplished uh, $60,000 of personal group volume in a month, or $15,000, I'm just looking at the sheet, or, or $1,500. It doesn't make any difference. Usually where we start seeing the, uh, the separation, you know, where water kind of seeks its level, is when we have a group of us that get together on a call, and we, you know, we kind of say, okay, here's my goal. The separation usually comes not at the first of the month when we define and declare the goal, it's usually at the end of the month when we have that reconciliation conversation, and usually those, you know, sometimes we don't get as strong of a, um, you know, an attendance in those meetings because none of us like to be held accountable. It's really interesting, I, and, and I know this from personal experience. I, you know, listen, I, I, I'm a grown guy, you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, if somebody wants to call me to the, to the mat and hold me accountable, I always find it interesting, you know, because, I, it's, it's good. I mean, I, I, I think accountability is very, very important. But when I sit back and I think through it, I'm asking myself, okay, as, I, as accountable as I feel like I should be for my actions and, and what I'm doing, uh, what, what, a, what exactly, what type of accountability do that, does that person have? What, what are they doing to, uh, to make sure that they're, 
that they're showing up. I mean, there's probably some things that they've committed to. Maybe they've made some financial commitments that, that, that um, you know, makes them feel like, you know, hey, at least I've done that. And that's true. I mean, many of you guys have, boy, you put together some good financial commitments to get your business positioned to maximize your income. <clears throat> and I think that's very important. And financial commitments, guys, usually predicates uh, a strong level of commitment. And when someone says, well, I made the financial commitment, my, my question is, well, what exactly do you think you should be doing? What should you be doing to, uh, to get the outcome? What, what do you think is going to solve that problem? And maybe they're looking to someone else to solve the problem. And maybe that's, and, I, and I'm not saying this is not about anybody on the call. I'm just saying maybe they're looking to something else to solve the problem, whatever it may be. But usually uh, the thing that solves those types of challenges is new revenue, new opportunities. So if your mind starts dwelling on anything outside of that arena, probably not going to be productive, right? So if you go back to the arena of the people that you have within your organization and you start developing ideas and tactics and strategies, you'll probably start talking to your people more. You'll probably start having real productive conversations. You'll probably start to get to know them a little bit better. You'll probably start to get yourself into a position where they are actually bringing you to bringing people to you with maybe some calls, three-way calls. There's no, there's no guarantee of this, by the way. I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that the world is going to just unfold and the oysters are going to, you're going to have, I'm saying that you're doing all of the things that you need to do. And by the way, success does leave clues. And maybe some of us have had success in areas of our life, and maybe there's some things that we could have always done a better job at, but at least we know that there's a pattern that's available for us. If we look at that pattern, we can say, hey, here's what I really should be doing. If I've started with a person who comes to a meeting, now the thing I have to do is do everything that I can possibly do within time and energy and be, and be appropriate with it. I'm not suggesting, by the way, that you hit somebody up with 20 texts a day Right? I'm not suggesting that you, you start bombarding them with phone calls. I'm just saying that you're consistently following up with people to ensure that they've had an opportunity to at least learn what the next best step would be for them to take a look at the business and have, and have that as a part of the strategies and tactics to accomplish the outcome or the goal so you start connecting the dots. Now, I reverse engineer it. I set, I set a goal of the amount of revenue. Now, there's two ways of doing this. You say, okay, here's the amount of overall revenue that we would like to accomplish in the month of October. And then you start getting with your people. If you have a group, you may not even have a group yet. That's even better. Now you can just focus 100% of your attention into new activity. We'll talk about that in a second. But within the existing group that you have, what you have to be doing is dedicating a certain percentage of your time to that group. And if you're not creating any new activity, I recommend you spend a highly proportionate amount of time with your group. Unless, of course, you're doing something to create new activity. Then you can start balancing it, which we, which we highly advise that you do, right? So if you're spending new time with new activity, new opportunities, new ways to go out and contact new people, I'll just, I'll just use Mitchell as an example. Mitchell's got a lot going on. He's got TN that's in the business, and underneath TN, he probably has an opportunity to drive some pretty good business because they're both committed, they're both uh, pretty articulate, and they're both focused, and they have a goal. You know, if, and if I were, if I'm Mitchell, and I don't, know, I don't know the details of any of these conversations, 
I would probably get with Tian and have a designated goal. He and I did have this conversation. We talk a lot about what we can do to ensure that Tian has a goal of where he wants to be in the compensation plan by the end of the month. Now, I know Tian's a smart guy, and I know he's seen the comp plan, but I am certainly not going to assume that in his own mindset has a designated goal. I'm just sharing examples of real things that help move the needle that I can be involved with, okay, just as an example. So now, so if, if Tian is in the business, and he, and he is, just started his business as a manager underneath Mitchell, what I would be doing is I would say, hey, we have between now and the end of the month, and what can we do to hedge our bet to get you to as high of a place in the comp plan with the new activity that you're bringing into the business? And now, as a result of that, I don't know the details. We're, we're looking for the designated time. But in the next couple of days, uh, you know, I'm going to be up at the office uh, meeting with Mitchell directly, personally, in front of people, because there's no place that I can be more productive than in the presence of. And, and by the way, guys, I, I share this information with you. Hopefully, you take it from the extent that it's in my own personal experience. But I, I, just, I would just strongly you know, commit, go out and listen to other people that have actually built in the industry, actually had people that they've had in the business, and they built a certain amount of business that would say, well, at least they might know a little bit about what they're talking about, and take the sum total of what they have to say and what I have to share, and then aggregate it in your own mind as whether you believe it's something that you should do or not do. I, I, I'm not suggesting for one moment you just listen to me with blind faith. I'm saying that real faith is tested faith. It's something that's, that, that's, that you can see over time, but, and I can just tell you that as you start spending time with your people and knowing what they have going on, the dynamics, like I, I like to know the dynamics of Tian. I like to know the dynamics of Zachary. I like to know the – I'm not going to take it just because I met him in a meeting. Here's my handshake. Good to see you. Let me present information. No, no, I want to know them. I want to spend time with them. I want to know what's important to them. These guys are, are highly motivated to make something happen in the cannabis space, the grow space, the distribution space. And, and, and so if we can create a business model that's in their best interest in the distribution space, as they're aggregating an opportunity in the grow space, that's a win-win for everybody. So, so I'm just giving examples. And so now all that's underneath TN. So if we can get these people positioned to maximize the opportunity based upon their contact base, their credibility within their contact base and their financial situation, that propagates a better opportunity for Tian to accomplish his goal. If it's his goal and it's Mitchell's goal and it's my goal, because now that helps Mitchell better accomplish his goal, right? Because Mitchell has a goal for the month. Mitchell, you know, has a goal of doing, you know, $18,000 of business for the month. Well, he's already accomplished a part of it working with Tian, but now as we work through Tian, now this is what we call really building a business. Anytime that you want to know if someone's capable of building a business, look how far down the line they can drive within 30 days. Just look at it and see the time and tension that they're willing to spend working with a new group, not just of people that they're bringing in person, which is great, but helping those people accomplish new people underneath them within the same 30 days. And, of course, it doesn't just – I'm not just talking about the first 30 days, but there is something to be said with people that will spend the time and the attention and work with urgency because that's kind of what solves all the problems that they might have financially. If they just re-engineered their way of thinking and they looked to what they could do to accomplish, 
they might find more time in their day to focus in on business development revenue uh, activities. And then if they're spending more time in business development revenue activities, the outcome would be, it'd be obvious, right? So, so now as, as you see, this is just an example because now Mitchell is now working underneath. Now, by the way, you know, all the time that Mitchell's doing this, he's got TN that has maybe potentially a goal. If TN has a goal, for example, I'm a manager and I'd like to at least be a director, perhaps maybe even a regional director. Why would I want to, what, what would be the cause and effect? Mitchell's smart. He pays attention to the comp plan. He says, well, here's where you start earning immediate income through production bonuses. Good concept, good conversation to have with a new person. Rather than just leave TN out there, hey, you're a manager, you've got product, go do the six-step program. It's a little bit more than that, isn't it? It's okay. Now, now the six-step program is really well and fine, and it, you did a great job of presenting that. I, I appreciate that. But, but can you talk to me a little bit more about some of the strategies and tactics and why it would be valuable, just as a, just as a thought, to get a little bit further down the line in, in the comp plan for me? Because I would want TN to be in a position to at least be getting a 5 to 10% production bonus as he's bringing on new business so that I'm not the only recipient in the winner in terms of money that's earned through the process. Now TN becomes a winner. He now has the unique opportunity because of time and energy I've spent with him. If I'm just assuming for a second as an example, I'm Mitchell. I'm working with a guy I just brought in. Now I get with Mitchell and I start getting with him and his contact. I'm, I'm sorry, Mitchell gets with Tian. He starts working with him and his contact base. He's got Zachary and Tommy, but we're not going to talk with Zachary and Tommy. We've got another gentleman by the name of Mr. Martinez who's very influential within the industry. We're going to now meet him with, with now Zachary and Tommy. And the objective now is, okay, here's the opportunity. Wh where do you guys see yourself? You know, is this something that, that you believe is a good fit for you? And if it is, then let's go ahead and make a decision to get started. Now, I'm going to spend just a moment talking about, um, you know, activity that we can start creating right away because sometimes, and I've seen this happen, and it's not, and by the way, this is not, it's not about anybody because I've been guilty of it myself. But let's say, for example, I've got somebody that's got, I, they know and I know they've got, they've got the criteria, right? They've got a good contact base. They've got good credibility within their contact base. And their financial situation is such that they could start a business, of anywhere between 1500 and up to, you know, 60,000 or we'll call it, you know, what it really is, it's 1245 up to, you know, the highest amount is, you know, for, you know, uh, 48,000 okay, in terms of hard dollars outside of tax and shipping, et cetera, right? That's just hard cost of initiating the launch of a new business model, working together with people. I was telling Patty, I was, telling, I was reminding Patty, I said, hey, the guy that has, the opportunity to work, you know, to start his business at a high level over here, it's not limited to just the inventory. He's got you. He's got a professional, qualified, seasoned, professional corporate salesperson who, who has time and attention to pay detail to his success. I said, that's like having a brand new employee working with you as you start a business right away built into the cost of starting a business. So sometimes we have to remind ourselves of what the opportunity is for a brand new person, right? So, so if, 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 I'm, if I'm working together with new people and, and I'm saying, okay, here's the opportunity. Where do, we, where do we see ourselves starting? I want to put together a plan, okay? This is a very important concept for a new person, and then I'm going to follow up with them to make sure that we're somewhere in the execution process of that plan 
because that plan that they have is going to be what they can do to start creating new activity with new people. Now, here's something that, that I believe is a great, place, a great place to start. If I meet with somebody and I start you know, going through the, the details of the business, they need to be in the system. They got to be a brand partner so they can see their back office. And I know that someone that visually sees their back office, <clears throat> they start getting more of the information. They have access to the WBX University. They start integrating themselves potentially into these calls. I see Tian on the call this morning. <clears throat> Let's just say, for example, now that we had Mitchell, and I know Mitchell's had this conversation with Tian, and we have now Zachary and Tommy. If they start paying attention to the details of this call, what are they hearing? They're hearing and they're connecting <clears throat> the information with what activity could be happening so that they can build their business, right, potentially. So if I've got them on the call, the probability for success goes up. But if I've got Tian and I've got Zachary and, and, and I've got Tommy, what I would really highly promote is having some samples. Start your business. Become a brand partner. I don't care if it's just 10 samples. At least now, through the process of me starting my company, I have my back office. I've got samples. And now I have a designated plan to go get those samples in front of new people. And does that heighten or lower my probability of actually having a three-way call uh, or, a, or a Zoom meeting or a live meeting uh, let's just say with the president of the company, the CEO of the company. I think it increases it. Does it always have to happen that way? No. It definitely means that you have inserted yourself into their plan to propagate a higher probability of results, which is all any of us can do. We can't force or make something happen. It's not about that. It's not about that at all. It's about making sure that you've done everything that you can do, that you actually feel like you've left it all in the field and you put your energy into revenue-generating activity by working together with people, right, making sure that they have a plan and they've done something to initiate themselves into the business. If you do that, you have people that are in the system. It's $49.95. They place an order for samples. Now that they have those samples, they can put in the hands of other people. Now you have one of those people that has anything close to the same result that Mike did who Joseph brought to the meeting, <clears throat> who now feels like he's out of that chronic pain. and I mean, everyone has a different response, guys. If cannabinoids have not been introduced to someone's body and they start feeling that, sometimes that response is amazingly high quickly. And we can sometimes take that for granted because we're taking it on a consistent basis. We have it in our system. So we, we already are experiencing the benefits and the results of having, you know, somewhat of a, a more balanced endocannabinoid system, but a brand new person who, who not, he may not have had that exposure may, may have a drastic result really relatively quick. <clears throat> I've experienced it. I've seen other people experience it. Maybe they take a meter plus and they realize, oh, my gosh, I felt that almost immediately. So we want to, get, we want to give people a, a, a plan where they start their business, they have product where they can give away free samples, it could be a sample kit. It could be meter plus. It could be someone becoming exposed to the meter dose inhaler. Hey, how about giving someone an opportunity to try the energy? You know, I, I was walking around the house this weekend um, just, you know, sharing energy. You know, I had my two younger daughters, my two older ones. They're busy. And I just said, hey, I just want you to try this and tell me how you feel. And they come back and they said, you know what, Dad, I really do feel that. I said, I'm so glad that you're telling me that because I know you're honest with me, but it reminds me, 
it reminds me of how important it is for people to experience the results of the product that they may have never really tried or used that much before. And so here again, we, we start getting into the mindset of what is it that creates and causes activity. It's somebody new in the system giving away samples and talking about an opportunity to get at least more evaluation. That's really what has to happen, no matter where someone starts a business. Hey, if someone starts a business at PPC or someone starts a business at manager, is the work, energy, time, and focus any different? It is not. It is the same. The difference is, as someone at the PPC level, you generate more income when people make decisions. If you're at the manager level, you're still committing yourself to the same activity, the same work and time and energy required. The difference is you start you leveraging the people that get involved in the business to maximize the opportunity to accelerate through the ranking. And then you'll get yourself into a position of starting to generate as much income. We don't determine that for people. We let them, let them determine that for yourselves. And I just want to remind you, you make more money when people start low. You should know that. When, you, when people start low, I'm going to talk, I'm going to talk uh, with all of you about that in our wholesale program when we get into, the, uh, in, into our executive board meeting. Mitchell's experiencing it right now. He started his business. He maximized his opportunity. He bought product. And now he's able to earn the difference between what he bought the product for and what he can sell it for through the wholesale program. And that's yet another way of generating income. So whether you're using it or sharing it, you start generating revenue when you wholesale retail and you help other people get involved in the business. It's just paying attention to the math. But if I know statistically, if I have new people in the business and I, within their first 30 days, they have a plan to accelerate to a higher rank in the comp plan. And they have samples as a part of that inventory. Whatever that happens to be, that's not my focus. My focus is the people, the inventory, and the action. And I'm, I am personally putting myself into a position of being a participant in the new people who they bring. By God, I'm doing the business. I'm not just talking to them about going to a meeting or just saying hello at the meeting. No, I'm deeply involved in the activity, the revenue-generating activity needed to actually create an outcome that brings me closer to a goal that I actually have written down and read every day. Now, that is what I know absolutely without a doubt consistently over the course of 30 years works. The only thing that I can tell you is that what is, what is easy to do is easy not to do. And by the way, everything I'm talking about right now, guys, requires time, focus, attention. It, it, it is all that in a bag of chips. The difference is, it, based upon my personal experience, if you do this consistently enough, other people start to get the idea. They start doing it consistently enough. And before you know it, you've got an organization of people that start hitting their goals. Where people actually set a goal for 15000 they hit it. People set a goal for 7800 they hit it. People set a goal for 60000 they start hitting it. And as a result of people hitting their goals by working together you know, as a company with them, now the company starts to actually hit its goals. It's an amazing thing. It's consistent. It works every single time that people choose to go to work, right? So, so I just want to, you know, emphasize this information to you guys this morning because I know some of you guys are working a tail off and some of you guys probably could be doing a little bit more to focus your energy and time in something that really does make a difference. Maybe you think you're working hard. 
right? Maybe you think you've got a lot of things going on, and maybe you do. But, if it, but, but I just would challenge you to reconcile the time, energy, and effort that you're spending to justify maybe the income that you believe you should be making or you are making. That's all. I would just like to – you have to reconcile those two things because if you do that, it allows you to see things a little bit more clearly. You know, may, may, maybe you'll become more equally yoked within the context of what you're doing to create business that you project should be happening so that you can solve all of the things that you know you need to solve. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe you feel that, you know, the, the, maybe the, the, the financial investment that you've made should justify it, but if it doesn't, then maybe just take a, an alternative approach. Just look at things a little bit differently. We all have to do that. I certainly have to do that. I stand at the very top of the list and realize, hey, you know, there's a lot of things we've got to take a look at a little bit differently so that we can have the result and the outcome that we want to have. And some of you guys are, are on your way. I would say, you know, look, Mitchell, you're probably on your way to accomplishing your goal. I see that that's there for you. I know that Sarah has some good activity going on up in Belton. Hopefully, some of that activity actually transacts into a, a, a business development concept. We're, we're excited about it. I, you know, hopefully that there is a follow-up system and something that's going on there that, that gives us a yes or a no, and then we decide, you know, how we move forward. I'm sure that there is. Um, and, and, and I know that, you know, uh, Patty, you know, Patty, you know, I, I'm, I'm still believing and, and knowing that Patty can probably get closer to the goal that, that she's uh, set up. Joseph, I think, is in a good position. He's in a good position to at least accomplish a good portion of his goal because he's attending the meeting, bringing new prospects, and then carefully flipping them as quickly as possible into a good follow-up system. That means he's just sending them over to me, and I'm making sure that I call them, spend time with them on weekends, et cetera, and now we've got meetings with them. So that's when you know if you've got, if you've got a, a person that comes to the meeting and there's an actual follow-up where they can meet with somebody, now you've got something that at least you can pull from, right? And so that's, that, that's the information I wanted to share this morning, guys. I think we've got a lot of great information that we're going to be sharing as we come up to uh, this meeting that we're going to be having. I know Sean and I are going to be uh, well-prepared to sit down and really whiteboard, get it, you know, roll up our sleeves, and start talking about good, productive things that we can do with that executive board. But those of you that are working in the business with one of those people, you're in a great position because they're going to have good, detailed information to help you, um, you know, to help you move the needle, accelerate the growth of, of your business. So with that, hey, Sean, I'm going to turn the call over to you, man. I'm looking forward to all that you have to offer. And thanks so much for all the hard work that you convey and do. And, brother, I'm going to open up the line and, uh, and uh, unmute you here. Go ahead, brother. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. And good, good job, Barry. Great job, as always. And uh, the only thing I really can expound on, we've got about 20 minutes left here, and I just want to go into a couple of quick things, and then I'll kick it back over to Barry to conclude and make any final announcements about the week or upcoming events or what have you. But one of the things that I was just listening to Barry, and he's so right, man, activity normally solves every problem. You know, I mean, new activity, new people. And I'm not talking about just the money they generate. That is a, a great byproduct, don't get me wrong. Or maybe it's even the primary, right, is, is I'm here to – help this person launch their business and, 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 and the not so indirect byproduct is I'm going to put two grand in my pocket this month. It's going to help me with my mortgage or I'm going to make $500 this month and pay off that little nagging credit card, right? I mean, there is a huge value in helping people see the opportunity for themselves and then, and then acknowledging and realizing what that does for your own, you know, financial situation. You know, nickels, dimes, and quarters really do make millions of dollars over time. Barry can attest to that. He would tell you 
But as he reflected in his genealogy, you know, from 1992 to 1999, yeah, he had the big $30,000 deals or $10,000 deals that yielded a, you know, whatever size commission that was back in you know, at that time. But he also made $2.12 or $4.06 or whatever every time someone ordered a bottle of product. And that stuff, you know, those $2 and $3 and $5, that adds up. But it's not as exciting. I'm just being honest. In my opinion, it's not as exciting as Barry said, is pressing the flesh and getting together with folks and doing the strategy and helping them launch their business. Is a retail sale exciting? Absolutely. But is $2.12 in your bank account really juice you up if you're being honest? I mean, is it something that you go, holy goodness, $2.12 hit my bank account. I can almost afford a Starbucks coffee, right? It's just not, there's not the juice and the energy or the mojo or, you know, whatever you want to call it, where that really is. Now, by the way, that's the, the depth and the value of the business. So I don't want to sound like I'm contradicting myself. The value of your organization long term is your consumer's. It's the $2.12 and $3.20 and $4.50 times thousands and thousands of people that give your opportunity longevity and legs. But that's not the same as excitement and energy and fun and passion. That really comes by the energy exchange of people and the ideas and the synergies and the creativity, right? It's just a whole different experience. And so the beauty of this of this structure or this entity is is fortunately you get both you get the root uh longevity and the base of of people just using and consuming products that gives the opportunity that that those legs for a long long time and you get the the fun lifestyle and the helping people hatch what sometimes is their very first you know business venture now that, that brings me to the second thing i want to talk about which is some of the disappointments, guys, I just want to kind of hit it head on, some of the disappointments of the industry. Um, and, and, and the reason I want to bring it up on this call is because most times, guys, if I'm being honest, as Barry said earlier, you know, we're, we're kind of the, the captain of our own ship here. So normally when things are going well, you have to take a look at yourself and see what you're doing right. And when things aren't going so well, you have to look at yourself and see, okay, what's not going so right? And sometimes – Guys, I would just tell you, like, the answer's right in front of your face. I mean, Barry and I have been through this a million times. I'll just use my story as an example. I, my upline, when I was a distributor for Barry's company, you know, I don't know what he was sold getting involved. I say sold. I'm using air quotes, so please don't take that the wrong way. I just I know he, I know he called me and said, I've made a decision to get involved. I bought $30,000 worth of retail inventory. You're a guy I've always wanted, you know, to do something with, and I think this could be our moment. This could be our opportunity. So I sat down with, with John was his name. I sat down with his upline and his upline, a guy named Brian, a guy named Paul, and then ultimately I sat down in Barry's office and we had a conversation. And certain, you know, um, I wouldn't go as say, far as to say promises, but certain commitments were made by certain people along that way. Some were just, hey, Here's my cell phone number. Call me if I can be of service, right? And there's no huge commitment there. And then others were, oh, if you know folks in, you know, the Dallas market, I will go to Dallas with you and help you launch that market, okay? So, so that's different, different commitment than call me if you need anything, right? And then you have my direct upline, John, who's like, man, I'm gung-ho. I think I'm going to do this full time. I'd like to have you over here. Man, let's go chase this thing. Let's crush it. Let's build it. Now, here's the dilemma. 
And this has no reflection on the industry directly. I mean, unfortunately, if you have enough people like this in the industry, then it does start to put a, put a bruise, a black eye on the industry, right? But, but I'm not blaming the industry. I'm not blaming Barry. I'm not blaming Barry's old company. I, I'm, I'm really talking about the one-on-one -on -one conversation that I had with my upline at that time when I was a distributor and the commitments and the promises. I'm going to use another air quote, but the deal that we made, and I got to tell you, John and I are still friends today. I still talk to him, you know, not as much as I used to for a couple of different reasons, you know, globally, but, but I still talk to him on a pretty frequent basis. And the reality is he made a bunch of promises to me that he didn't keep so much so that within about the first month of me starting the business, John didn't even come around. So he didn't even show up. Like he wasn't, it wasn't that he was there and just wasn't, giving me good advice or good guidance or, or learning himself. Look, if he had just said, Hey man, I've only been doing this two or three weeks. Let's learn it together. Like you, you know, let's do this, which is kind of what he said, except then he quit going to the meetings. He quit showing up. He quit even, you know, putting his toe in the water. And I felt very alone first. And then to be honest with you, cause John, you know, made on, on my $30,000 retail order, let's just call it what it is. It's a very similar comp plan. John probably made five to $7,000. He took that money, put it in his, in his pocket, and disappeared and continued to cash checks year after year. And what happened to me, and I'm not, guys, I'm just being honest. I'm not saying this is good. I'm not saying it's mature. But what it did is, frankly, it just made me feel screwed. It made me feel like a guy made a bunch of promises to get a check or checks and as long as the checks were coming in, as long as I was producing, you know, as long as I was the golden goose producing the golden egg, you know, then everything was fine. And the minute I wasn't doing that for him, he had no value in me. To be honest with you, he had very little value in me even when the checks were coming. He wouldn't even qualify as businesses if he and I didn't have a conversation and I would tell him, hey, I did pretty good this month. You probably want to qualify your business. And then that even became an expectation. Hey, man, I, you didn't call me last month. Should I have qualified my business? And I just began to laugh. I began to laugh at my, at my air quotes upline, my sponsor, who would ask me if I remembered his password to get into his back office, which I never had, by the way, never had his password, so I wouldn't know. So I'm saying all that to say, you know, there are a number of different books you can read. The, the, old, you know, the, the, the best one, the old good book, you know, the good book, the Bible says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. And if people in your organization can't say that about you, and I'm not talking about anybody on the call. I mean, if the shoe fits, wear it. If you're a guy or a gal who has made promises to yourself, which are your organization, your upline, your downline, your business partner, your husband, your wife, and you've not kept your obligation, you've not kept your end of the bargain, and you feel like things are probably a little bit off foundationally, then you probably ought to start there. You should probably start with yourself. I mean, if I could talk to John Holt of circa 2002, I would say to John, John, you just made a bunch of promises you didn't keep. The only rub is the integrity or lack of integrity in our conversation. Now, what, what did I do? Did I, did I write that $30,000 off on my taxes and curl up in a ball and go cry? No, I went out and I moved the product, thank God. I made some decent five-figure money in short order, thank God. I looked for other, you know, as Barry sometimes says, you know, he and I have to be scrappy. We have to be scrappy. So I got scrappy 
and I looked for other alternatives. I, I basically realized that John was going to be an absentee father, and that's a metaphor, but an absentee father in this business to me, the brand-new distributor. So I, I reached up to his upline. I reached over to a guy sideline who was having success named Ogie Zankoff. Ogie was from Bulgaria, weighed about 300 pounds. Barry will tell you, I think Barry's even got some pictures, weighed about 300 pounds, and we were selling weight loss products, and the guy was doing a great job. He had lost 100 pounds, even though he still represented a, a nice 300 pounds or so. You know, losing 100 pounds is a real deal. The fact that he had broken English um, and was having financial success, people gravitated towards that. And at the end of the day, he was a guy that made no direct money on me and was a better upline to me than the person that sponsored me into the business. And sometimes you just have to do that. But, but who I'm talking to today is not the downline of someone who gets you involved and maybe doesn't meet or exceed, you know, your expectations based on things they told you they would do. Now, that's the other thing, guys. Having an expectation of someone that, 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 that they never agreed to, that's your problem. If you book an appointment without checking with them and they can't be there because they have a previous obligation, it's not really your right or place to get butthurt. It's not your schedule. It's their schedule. They're grown man or woman. They've got life. They've got business. They've got kids. They've got whatever. And when you just haphazardly, you know, think you're going to throw stuff, you know, on their schedule and then it doesn't work out, you got to look at whose problem that really is. Is it your problem or is it theirs? And if you've made a promise to them you didn't keep and now they're upset with you, there has to be a reconciliation. Is it their problem that they're upset they feel lied to? I'm not saying you lied, but they feel lied to. Is that your problem or theirs? Well, if they're not being productive in the business, the truth is it's both of your problem. You know, I had an old friend, Barry, and I knew a guy named Paul. And Paul had, you know, some challenges. He, was, he had a big mouth and, and could really rub people the wrong way. And, and, and he, you know, was a, was a challenging guy. And he was also a hardworking, diligent, you know, thorough. He, he had a lot of great, great attributes. And one of the things I took away from him, he probably got it from a book or maybe even got it from Barry, I don't know. But he used to say to me when I would start getting frustrated and I really felt like I was right about a, a particular topic or issue He'd look at me and he'd say, Sean, do you want to be right or do you want to be rich? And, and, you know, and that's a good point. Sometimes, you know, there is a hill, as, as a buddy of mine says, that's not a hill worth dying on. Some hills are worth dying on and some are not. If you're married or in a romantic relationship, you know, not, you know, you know that every fight's just not worth it. And sometimes you've got to pick your battles, right? And sometimes it is worth it. Sometimes you have to make a stand for integrity or you have to make a stand for you know, a righteous anger, if you will. And those are, I, I won't, I won't, that's neither here nor there. That's for you, each of the individual to decide. But at the end of the day, you got to have the conversation. And ultimately, you know, and Barry does a great job saying this too. You've got to look at the world the way it is, not the way you thought it was or the way you thought it was going to be. I thought I was going to get involved and have John leading the charge and teaching me how to become the top distributor next year. And I looked up in less than 30 days, and I was more or less alone. Well, that was the reality of my situation. So I had to recalibrate, and I had to, I had to reassess, you know, what I thought was going to be versus what, you know, clearly was, was going to be, which was me going out and building the business. And again, guys, had he just said to me, I'm new, I don't know what I don't know either, let's figure it out together, that would have been fine. I honestly, in hindsight, I can't say for certain, right? If you look back, maybe he had said that, and I wouldn't have gotten involved. Maybe he would have scared me or, 
or talked me out of the opportunity. But I can say this with certainty today the best I can. I don't think that would have deterred me from the business. It didn't – him not knowing how to build it didn't pay off my credit cards, right? It didn't solve my problem. So I was still a guy looking for an opportunity. I think I would have still gotten involved if he had just been honest. But when he made all these commitments and obligations – and then couldn't even show up to the first Thursday night meeting that I went to. I went to my first Thursday night meeting after signing up by myself. He went with me to the one to get me to the table to sign up, and I don't know that he went to another one with me after that. He may have. I don't want to say that for sure, but I, I certainly don't remember any, any meetings that he attended with any frequency after I got on board. I was alone. I had to recalibrate. So I say all that to say if you are a sponsor – just be careful what you promise. Don't make a promise you can't keep, even if that means saying no. Say no more. Say no more often. You know, say it politely, say it professionally, but, but don't write checks your body can't cash, right? So just say no if you need to say no. The other thing I would tell you is be available. And then the last thing I would tell you for the, for the new folks and the folks in the business, don't let anybody sell you a bill of goods. You are starting a business. Now, do you have a president named Sean that's here to help? Absolutely. A CEO named Barry that's readily available on Saturday, Sunday, you know, whatever he can do? Absolutely. Are the people in our organization stand-up folks? Absolutely. Do we have a John-type person? Not that I'm aware of, but people are people. You know, I have a pastor friend that's got a very big church, and he told me one time, he said, you know, he said one of the biggest challenges that pastors face is we always feel like we're one sermon away from an empty church. And I said, man, I don't, I don't get that. I don't understand. What do you mean? You got, you know, 15, 18,000 people attend your church, three or four different services a weekend. I, I don't understand. He said, yeah, but they can go anywhere. He said, the church market, believe it or not, is a wildly competitive market. There's not only is there, you know, to, like, say, say, let's just pick up the faith Catholicism. There's 10, you know, Catholic churches in five zip codes then when you go into Protestant, you know, you got First Baptist, you got Second Baptist, you got West Baptist, you, and then you go into Methodist. And then you like, go through the, the flavors of, of, of uh, denomination, and, and there's churches everywhere. And he said, you know, when I feel like I need to preach on a, as an example about tithing and about money, he's like, man, I tell you, the attendance is down the following Sunday. And I just always feel like I'm one sermon away from saying the wrong thing and running everybody off. And I say that because I never knew that pastors, you know, or this pastor anyway, would live in that kind of fear. And so how it parallels or correlates over here, guys, is, is you got to not live in fear. You know, Barry always says false evidence appeal, appearing real, F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. You can't get hung up and bogged down and all that, but you do have to be aware of the challenges and the pitfalls. And so if you're new to the business, understand you've got a lot of people around you to help you be successful, but I want to tell you at the end of the day, you're the one that sets your goals. You're the one that, that commits to showing up. It, it, it's, you know, no one is going to drive to your house and pick you up and make you come. This is a volunteer army, much like a church. And so, you know, we're here to say things to you to motivate and to inspire and to encourage. And at the same time, we have to provide a level of transparency and honesty that that, so that you don't look up and say, well, you know, that Barry Koshu guy, he told me he was going to build my business for me, which I can assure you he has never said to anyone, 
But, you know, people hear what they want to hear. Oh, Barry said he was going to build it. Oh, Sean said he was going to come to, you know, uh, the meeting in my town, even if I didn't have any people, which I can promise you I did not say that either. But, but, but those are the kinds of things that happen. So be impeccable with your word. Understand the commitments you make people. They are listening. They are depending on you and a deal that you made to them. It's ironclad. So be impeccable with your word. Try to be a great example. And then look, at the end of the day, Barry says it all the time. He says it best. You go out and knock down a thirty or $60,000 deal and watch what happens in your organization. They will go out and do some subset of exactly what you do. Some of them will do better, and that's a great day. That's a great day when you go out and do 30 trying to charge and lead up your organization and someone goes and surpasses you and does 60. But the best day is when you go out to do 30, you accomplish your goal of 30, someone goes out and does better than you, they go out and surpass you, and they do 60 because you're going to earn on that too. And then a bunch of people try to emulate what you do, and they get fives and tens and 20s. That's a great month. That's when your organization is really humming. But it takes that communication. It takes that feeling of synergy. It takes that trust. It takes that rapport. Uh, it takes all of those things like a good recipe, you know, to make, to make it successfully work. So with that, Barry, appreciate your leadership. I know we've got a big week coming up. Uh, thanks for all you do, and uh, I'll kick it back over to you. Happy Monday, everyone. <clears throat> hey, Sean, great job. I actually uh, got some great takeaways, uh, you know, from what you offered, and I'm definitely going to um, utilize some of that information because I'll tell you what, man, you know, it, Sean is right. You know, and my big takeaway, I t a couple big ones, I'll just kind of share this with you real quick just to kind of conclude. Big takeaway is that, you know, if you make promises – if you make promises to, to people, it's very, very important that you, you fulfill that promise because if you don't, then, then you're going to find people that, that just don't, you know, they, they will not continue to trust you and want to work with you, and, and it just it, it erodes the fabric of that actual relationship. Even though you, you may have all the right intentions, you may see yourself as the person who ultimately will fulfill, and you just have to, you know, gauge things on the basis of, of you know, trust is what it's, it's time over action. So if you look at somebody and you see what they've done over time and what action they've committed, then you have at least an idea of, of what expectation is, mo is moving. If you're, if you're someone on the phone and you've sponsored somebody, and maybe you've, you've, you've shared information with them that's based upon the vision of the possibilities, but it hasn't come to fruition, then I would just recommend continue doing what you're doing so that you can have the right outcome. And so then when you get the level playing field put together where you started to meet and maybe overexceed those expectations, now it's just a matter of, hey, what's everyone going to do to go out and accomplish what, what, what they've promised? Because, you know, look, at as a, as a company, guys, I can just tell you this. Sean and I have gone out and we've conveyed some vision and belief of what we believe we can accomplish as a company. And there's a lot of financial commitment outside of what we've made to this effort. And, and, and so that's a promise that we both stand uh, raising the flag and saying, hey, we're going to do what we have to do to not only fulfill this, but to overexceed it. And I can just tell you that in my experience, as God has blessed and given me grace, I haven't had... Uh, anyone that's gotten involved with us that has been on the negative side of things. As a matter of fact, I had people that got involved, as, as uh, fact and history will reflect, where they, mm, they got involved and they wanted out, but they, they made a drastic error in judgment 
because they looked back and said, my God, I, I think they did that on purpose. They went out and exploded the business right at the time I went. And that was, that was just a decision that they had made at that time. And the other big takeaway that I have is, is this, is, as Sean kind of concluded. You know, we, we have a unique opportunity, guys, at, at this particular point in time to do some amazing things. If you start sharing your vision, your belief, and you start hitting and accomplishing goals, as Sean was kind of talking about as he concluded, and then you get a group of people that start feeding on that, now you've got momentum in a positive direction. You know, we all can see what happens with momentum in a negative direction. You know, it's just like a, a credit card bill that hasn't been paid. That's interest accrued on the negative side, and that's not a, a healthy thing at all. But on the other side of it is the momentum that's created as a result of positive things clicking off and people having results and generating income. And before you know it, you have this catechism of, of momentum in the positive direction that, that far exceeds any sort of credit card bill or any sort of dilemma that you'd have in that space. Believe me, it, it just is a fact it does. And that is, the, that is the solution zone. That's the place where things can be really rectified and changed. And, and I, I have to tell you guys, you know, iron sharp, sharpens iron. I've got the unique opportunity and privilege, really, and I mean this with my whole heart, to work together with Sean because it helps make me better. You guys team up with people in your group, partnerships, people that are working together with you to build your organization. I promise you, as you start in that journey and you get into the weeds, iron will sharpen iron. I promise you, Mitchell has a unique opportunity to sharpen iron with the people who he's teaming up with right now. It'll make him a better leader, but it'll help them also. And, and so we just move down the road with so much opportunity. The people that Sarah's working with in Belton, Listen, the people that Olga's working with, the people that Joseph's working with, the people that, that Patty's, these are, are people, I believe, in my whole heart, that have a unique opportunity because they're teaming up with people that are, that are looking for ways to increase and progress in their own growth and sharpen their, their, sharpen their sword, which in turn helps other people do the same thing. So with that, guys, we've had a, a, a great start to a week here just as we get going uh, here on Monday morning, and a lot of good things happening today, meetings today, meetings tomorrow, meetings Wednesday, and looking forward to the opportunity. If any of you have things that you've got going on that you want to set a schedule for on a Zoom call to help you further uh, move the needle toward accomplishing your goal, we'd love to help and assist with that. So anyway, guys, have a great week. God bless, and we'll talk to you very soon. Bye-bye.